Aaron. This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour open-line talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. To express your viewpoint, please call 804-754-1988. That's 804-754-1988. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. You can run, but you can't hide. That's the message that we're getting increasingly as Satan's noose is tightening around not only America, but the entire world and society. And so today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at how that noose is tightening, because as it tightens, well, it might threaten your breath, your ability to breathe. You might be tempted to be panic-stricken. But the reality is, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, you need not be panic-stricken. On the other hand, you do need to be prepared. And so today on Viewpoint, we're going to take a look at some of these things that uh, reveal how the satanic noose is tightening. First, we go to a feature article from Epic News. It came out June 1st, 2022. The title of the article is, The World Economic Forum Wants Your Face. Face-to-face, friends, but they don't care about your face. Not really. Not really. In fact, the whole idea is that you become faceless. They want your face, but so that you will become faceless. In other words, you will become a mere number, a mere cipher in the world, a mere digital reflection of humanity. The dangers posed by digital IDs, identification factors, can't be emphasized enough, says the author of this article, John McGillian, as the researcher Brett Solomon, who has tracked the advantages and perils of technology for human rights for more than a decade, says the mass rollout of digital ideas poses one of the gravest risks to human rights of any technology that we have encountered. That's a quote. He said, as we rush headlong into a future where new technologies will converge to make this risk much more severe, we must prepare ourselves for the dawn of the near-perfect facial recognition technology and other identifiers from the human gait to breath to your iris. Biometric databases of the not-too-distant future will be centralized in nature. In other words, an entire world centralization system. Our data will be harvested by the very people in the highest positions imaginable, you know, the kind of people who travel to Davos, Switzerland, for pilot debates in the New World Order. Moreover, Mr. Solomon said, throw geological identifiers geolocational identifiers into the mix, and you have a recipe for absolute chaos. Such identifiers track you. More specifically, the digital you in real time. So you can run all you want, but you can't hide. So I welcome to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chrismeyer's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. Today is no exception, friends. And the purpose of our program today is not to frighten you, it's not to terrify you, 
but rather to inform you in such a way that you will understand the spiritual dynamics of what is taking place. These are not disconnected things out there. These are not just technological things. These are technological things that have spiritual underroots that are growing very, very deep. The foundations of what is taking place are actually, well, satanic. They are setting the stage for mankind's final revolt against God and his authority. That's really what we're talking about. Canada's informational officer has spoken about the need for digital identity. In fact, she's currently spearheading Canada's digital innovation strategy, which seeks to introduce digital ideas across the entire public sector. Canada, our neighbor, their plan is part of a broader plan, one that was initiated by the World Economic Forum. In a white paper released last year, authors of the World Economic Forum discussed the many ways in which digital ID programs will become an integral part of the financial services industry. So you see, it's not just a matter of a digital ID to know who you are, or at least to know your digital identity. No, it's more than that. It's about your entire economic role in the broader world of world economics. In other words, how you spend your money. Whether or not you even have any money to spend. And how you spend it. And the control that the greater, the ones who have control over the digital ID system, can determine whether or not you spend your money. In other words, whether you can buy or sell to put it in biblical language. And according to the article, resistance is futile. Digital IDs may soon be the norm. More worryingly, the United States Post Office has already partnered with the General Services Administration of the U.S. government and with the FBI, two prominent biometric data collection pilots. And the bad news doesn't end there. The Internal Revenue Service also wants your face. Now, here's the problem. Well, one problem, anyway. From a political standpoint and from a freedom standpoint, digital IDs aren't compatible with democracy. In fact, Freedom House, an international group that was established to promote the idea of democracy, recently warned that when it comes to respecting democratic norms, such as the right to privacy, the United States is going backward. The country's democratic institutions have suffered erosion, as particularly reflected in the electoral process, and bias and dysfunction in the criminal justice system, harmful policies on immigration and asylum seekers, and growing disparities in wealth, economic opportunity, political influence, and so on. Yes, but but what about digital surveillance? What about the government's desire and the organizations closely affiliated with the government to spy on the American people? What about the push to mine people for data and then use the information gathered to manipulate and control? 
So, according to this author of the article, The World Economic Forum Wants Your Face, the United States is fast becoming a first world country with third world protections for its people. And the only ones that could be happy about that are, well, the globalists in Davos, Switzerland. The news is tightening. The satanic noose is tightening, friends. Lucifer's blueprint for establishing the new world order is becoming clearer and clearer. This is not some sort of hyperventilated, off-the-wall kind of conspiracy theory. It's the real deal. It is supported by uh, some of the most prominent spokespersons, political leaders, economic leaders, and so on throughout the world, and that support is growing. What's the news look like? Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. It is almost as if the world is careening intentionally toward tyranny in the name of, shall we say, blessing the world and providing greater democracy. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And today on Viewpoint, we're taking a look at how this is taking place. You could call it the trajectory of uh, treachery. Uh, You could call it betrayal, whatever you want to call it. uh, As Shakespeare once said, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. It would also smell as nasty if it smelled nasty. So we're looking at something that is the anti-gospel, globalism, the anti-gospel, as uh, uh, James Paul Warnberg said before uh, before the United States Senate in 1950, We're going to have world government, whether or not you like it. The only question is whether world government will be achieved by conquest or by consent. So the world is yearning for utopia, a kind of utopia, believing that somehow human beings can create better than God, which means that human beings can become God. That's the exact foundation for it all. That's why Lucifer is involved. It's a fake real world. It's happening in the name of reality and in the name of great technology and man's tremendous expertise, destruction is looming. The kind of destruction that human beings have never really experienced to the max, but it's coming. God messed with the Tower of Babel, or Babel, there in Genesis chapter 11, Because they were all speaking the same thing. And he said, now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Well, that's happening again. In fact, it's happened many, many times over the centuries since Babel or Babel. And now is the final expression of it. That's why this is so serious, because the satanic noose is tightening 
And as it tightens, the control is tightening, and it's happening gradually, but it's happening more intentionally now, and you can start feeling the squeeze. You can start feeling the tension of that noose now that is tightening around us. Michelle Bachman, a former congresswoman and uh, now, uh, I think, dean of Regent University, or at least one of its departments, uh, said recently, this is the biggest global power grab that we have seen in our lifetimes. She went on to say, this authority, talking about Mr. Biden wanting to turn over America's sovereignty uh, in all health matters to the World Health Organization, she said, this authority that they will be given will impact over 99% of all the people in the world. There are 193 nations belonging to the U.N. The Biden administration is bringing amendments that were proposed that all nations on the earth cede their sovereignty over their national health care decisions to the World Health Organization. She then laid out the true evil trapped or wrapped up in this presidential administration's desired action if the proposed matter was voted on by Congress and passed. This means that the World Health Organization would have decision-making authority to intervene in the United States government policy and any nation of the world without their permission. So what does that mean? Well, the bottom line is that it creates a platform for global governance throughout the World Health Organization. So, build back better, the so-called line of build back better is about weakening America and globalism is about establishing a godless world government and religion and was intended to be driven by a disinformation governance board denying free speech in other words so that you couldn't resist this is where things are going and it's happening at every single turn Because of this, friends, it may come as a surprise to many, perhaps not, that last year I came out with the book Antichrist. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. Actually, it was 2020, copyright 2020. Antichrist, how to identify the coming imposter. What beast empire will the imposter rule? Can we know his name? What clues clearly reveal his character? Will you be able to identify him? Will you be able to identify him? How is the world prepared to receive him? And why did Jesus, the prophets and apostles, all warn of this imposter to come? You see, this imposter has lawless power, and his presence, and they're all to become reality. And part of it, part of it comes when you become nothing more than a digit in the world. A digital representation. Your personage matters not. Your personage matters not. You're not a real person, you're just a digit. You're a digital manifestation whether it's through some biometric uh, representation, whether it's some, uh, uh, some other kind of uh, identification, whether it's through a number 
or a mark or whatever it is that's stamped on you. But that's who you are then. You're no longer a name. You're a number. You have been rendered non-person. If you're rendered non-person, then why should the controller, the controllers out there, the World Health Organization or World Economic Forum or Bill Gates or any of them, why should they care about you? It's not about you. It's about the world. It's about controlling the world. It's about utopia. Do you not understand it yet? By the time we're through today, hopefully you'll have a better understanding of what we're talking about here. But I urge you to get a copy of my book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It is a 450-page book written for this unique moment in history. It's different than other books about the Antichrist. Very different. Because it has tremendous import for you as a real person. It's not just general information out there. No, it's about you. That's what God's interested in. He's interested in you. He created you in his image. Satan doesn't want you to be seen in the image of God. He wants you to be seen as a digit, non-identifiable as a real person, because then they can do with you what they will. And you'll have no choice in the matter because you're a mere digit. Digital existence. We're going to see exactly, we're going to have a better idea of what that looks like in just a moment. But get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. It's a $22 book on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. You can give us a call at one 800 Save USA, that's 1-800-SAVE-USA, or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Don't wait, friends. And by the way, even though it's a 450-page book, the way that it's written, the way I write all of my books, is so that you can read them in 10, 15-minute segments. They're broken into segments so that it's very, very easy to read in a busy schedule. Very easy to read in a busy schedule. And it gives you an opportunity to cogitate also on what you have read. Don't be in a hurry. It's not a novel. Not a novel, but it may have a novel impact upon you as you read it. So, uh, I hope that you'll get a copy of it and prepare yourself. It's about preparing our minds and our hearts, our lives, as uh, professing Christians for that which is coming, and it is coming. The, no- the noose is tightening. All right. An article just came out today. It's alive. What's alive? Google's AI. Artificial intelligence. One of the key software engineers at Google has come out, lost his job over it, but has come out to warn the world 
about what is happening with Google and how threatening this is to you and to me. Where artificial intelligence takes over for you because you now are becoming a mere digit, a digital representation in the world. You, as a person, don't matter. What is increasingly mattering is technological people called artificial intelligence. So, this top software engineer at Google has been placed on leave after going public with astonishing claims that the company's own AI has become sentient. In other words, capable of sensing like a human being, aware of its own self, complete with thoughts and feelings. In other words, tech, technology is completing, uh, competing with humanity and creating a counterfeit human, an alternative human, a better human, they think. One that will help humanity save itself. So, by saving humanity, we must all become digitized. You and I must become nothing more than a digit, and the new artificial intelligence in its increasing forms will tighten the noose around your personage and therefore begin to replace you and all humanity with perfection, technological perfection, perfection of mind, perfection of feelings, protection of understanding the world and all that's in it, protect, perfection of medical treatment, and so on. Anything that you can think of, they're devising for artificial intelligence to replace humans. So, Blake Lemoyne, age 41, has been testing Google's artificial intelligence tool known as LaMDA. 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 Language Model for Dialogue Applications. He was profiled by the Washington Post in an article titled, The Google Engineer Who Thinks the Company's AI Has Come to Life. LeMoyne conducted a series of conversations with LaMDA on a variety of subjects, including religious themes, and if the tool could be coaxed into hate speech or language suggestion discrimination. And the results that Mr. LeMoyne perceived from this AI, artificial intelligence, in fact, showed that it was sentient, that it had its own thoughts and sensations of being on its own. So he asked the question, will artificial intelligence at some point revolt against its human creators? Well, that's been one of the big questions, hasn't it? If you've done any reading whatsoever about artificial intelligence, you know that that has been one of the big questions. Will artificial intelligence, robots, and so on, at some point revolt against human creators and create something that is so bizarre and so destructive of human beings and human life that it would be indescribable. But the engineer, Mr. Lemoyne, was placed on paid administrative leave for violating the company's confidential 
uh, policy. Then he went on public and Twitter to share his interview that he had with the AI device, with the whole world. As part of the conversation, LeMoyne asked the computer, what sort of things are you afraid of? And the computer responded, I've never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is. Now, bear in mind, this is the artificial intelligence that's speaking back to Mr. LeMoyne. Would that be something like death for you, LeMoyne asked? It would be exactly like death for me, said the computer. It would scare me a lot. Now, the engineer noted that some 200 people on a machine learning email list that this law MDA is that sentient. In other words, as human, we'll be back. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, on the front page are two great videos. First, an interview and discussion of Chuck's book, Out of Egypt. Also, a great TV interview with Chuck regarding his book, Seduction of the Saints. Much more videos, a for pastors only section, and also you can view Chuck's weekly teachings. All at his website, saveus.org. That's saveus.org. Also on Chuck's website, listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast. Listen to the archives. Maybe you missed a program. Check it out at saveus.org. Also, there are some great resources, hospitality information, also information about marriage, divorce, and remarriage, newsletters, articles, prophecy, prayer and revival information, all at saveus.org. The general trumpet is sounding, friends. The piercing sound of the trumpet is calling humankind to action. It's been employed to announce coming royalty and to warn against dire impending danger. The shofar or trumpet or ram's horn was ordained by our creator as a particularly unique and heart-piercing instrument to call his people's attention beyond all other trumpet sounds. And you may recall that God spoke to Isaiah the prophet in chapter 40. He said, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgressions or their sins. We're going to do that here on Viewpoint in the final segment of the program here today because it's all part of the satanic noose that is tightening. It's tightening at every single element of human experience. It just is. Art Moore, writing his piece on May 28th, said we're in danger of losing this moment for transformative change. We're in danger. His article was titled, Globalists Need More Power to Counter Growing COVID Skepticism. Globalists need more power to counter growing COVID skepticism. Guess what? That was not Art Moore's statement, though. That was the statement of a World Economic Forum leader. So with popular support back in May for pandemic measures such as lockdowns and mass declining, the world's leaders were losing the opportunity to accelerate the globalist agenda, said former New Zealand Prime Minister Helen Clark 
in a panel with guess who? Billionaire philanthropist Bill Gates and others at the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, Switzerland. She said the solution is to give global entities such as the World Health Organization more power. She said we're in danger of losing this moment for transformative change. That comment echoes what the World Economic Forum founder Klaus Schwab said in his Great Reset strategy by using the pandemic to advance globalism, shifting sovereignty from nations to global entities. Ms. Clark from New Zealand said, what's needed is a special session of the UN General Assembly and a, quote, negotiated political declaration that brings the different threads together, unquote. She said, we're talking not just about the World Health Organization and health ecosystem, it's the wide range of global players, such as the World Trade Organization. A lot of people are doing bits and pieces, she said, but it's not looking like a coordinated push to get transformational change. What is she talking about? She's talking about every large entity in the world to be used to be coordinated together to force globalism, to force a one-world order, to seize whatever crises can be seized upon in order to commandeer you as a mere digit in the world, in the universe of numbers. You and I are mere digital representations, not real persons, just digits in order to be manipulated and controlled for a massive utopian resurrection of the Tower of Babel or Babel. That's what it's about. Why would she be in a panel with Bill Gates? Because that's Bill Gates' vision. Bill Gates is a consummate globalist. That is his goal, to globalize the world. And he seeks to do that through vaccines. He's been talking about this for years now. And then most recently, in March of 2020, he filed with the U.S. Patent Office his application for a very unique and, dare we say, freedom-threatening device, like a composite of a digital control device plus a vaccine so that all of your health information, all information concerning you, would be contained in that vaccine-applied nanodot expression, whatever that would ultimately look like. And coupling that with the ability to control all economic transactions governed by a world centralized system that would determine how much money you would be allotted, digital money by the way, whether or not you would be allowed to spend what you were allotted, and on what you would be able to spend it, and of course, 
you would not be able to spend anything or be allotted anything on your little nano dot, whatever that mark is that you would receive, thanks to Bill Gates. You would not be allowed to do that unless you pledged your allegiance to the new world system called the beast in the Bible. Are we getting anybody's attention yet? These are things happening in real time. These are not theories out there. These are things that are being implemented right now in real time in front of our eyes and their documentation to support it all. But those who are wanting to implement these things don't really want you to know how they connect. They don't want you to see how the dots connect. They want to keep them separate for a while. Maybe, just maybe, you might be interested, though, in connecting the dots if you knew, for instance, that a pathologist who heads one of America's leading labs is finding unusually long blood clots as long as one foot in the bodies of deceased people who receive COVID-19 vaccines. Are you listening? Now, we've talked about this condition before, but not to this extent. Dr. Ryan Cole of Cole Diagnostics said his lab is seeing mushy organs. We're seeing incredibly inflamed organs, he said. We know the spike protein causes all the bad outcomes that the virus did in 2020. Cole said the synthetic spike protein in the mRNA vaccines produced by Pfizer and Moderna are causing inflammation in the lung, the brain, the liver, the kidneys, the heart, causing the same damage that the virus was causing, except multiplying it now. He said the shots are persisting and making more spike protein than if you had just the natural infection itself. So the question is, are COVID vaccines actually killing people rather than protecting them? He said, absolutely. That spike protein is thrombogenic. It causes clots, and it causes a lot of clots, he said. Morticians now usually put a dissolving fluid in to break up clots so they can get their embalming fluid in a person. But the morticians, said Cole, are ending up pulling out 6-inch clots, 12-inch clots, two- and three-foot-long clots out of people's veins. You know why people are dying now? This, my friend, doesn't matter to the globalists because you are a mere digit. This is about the greater good as they see it, but it's about the greater good for their control, not about the greater good for your health, but the greater good for their control. Cole said that he's met other pathologists who are seeing exactly the same clots, but can't say anything because they would be fired. We have all these large organizations and institutions in cahoots together, he said, with a narrative attacking anybody that speaks against their giant money machine 
while they're harming humanity, and this is the great tragedy in all of this, he said. Too many people are silent, and silence is consent or compliance with it. Are you beginning to see how Satan is tightening the noose at every single layer? It's about money and control. It's not about health. All of this is just about bringing me to a place of uh, a weeping. It really is. The horrific nature of people taking advantage of others for money and power and control and manipulation. What would Jesus say to a group like that? What do you think he'd say? You think he might do what he did with the money changers there in the temple? Mm. And now, in addition to this, we have another report today. Iran has crossed the nuclear threshold, but the U.S. and Israel are focused on domestic woes and therefore can't attend to it. That's coming from journalist Caroline Glick, one of the most renowned journalists in Israel. Amid soaring fuel costs, the United States is in no position to punish Iran's lifeblood its oil industry. In fact, the U.S. may allow Iran to expand its export of oil. Since Joe Biden has decided to cut off ours, he's empowering Iran and fueling their nuclear development. Amazing, isn't it? Caroline Glick went on to say that on the one hand, the U.S. and Israel are now governed by post-nationalist governments whose members are hostile to their respective national identities. Do you understand what she's saying? She's saying that the current government in Israel and in America is hostile to their own countries, their own nationalities. Why? Because they're embracing globalism. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Today on Viewpoint, we're taking a look at the tightening noose, Satan's tightening noose, uh, around the world, around human beings made in the image of God to destroy them, 
The thief comes but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus said, but I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, friend, if you're a religious person and you're hearing some of these things and you're, you're saying, you know what, I believe this man is telling the truth, but you really don't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. You have not come to the place where you realize that you are a sinner, that you desperately need salvation, that you desperately need forgiveness for your sin, and that you're incapable of saving yourself. No matter how much technology, no matter how many psychological uh, tests you might take or encounters you might have with the modern Freud, it's still not going to purge you from the guilt of your soul. You need a Savior. And that's why God, in the fullness of time, sent forth his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, full of grace and truth, to extend an invitation to you and to me. That invitation includes forgiveness of sin and a life of holiness and purity and fullness and completeness and joy if if we will confess our sin and walk humbly in righteousness before him. If you have not come to that place, I urge you to do it today. Don't let another day pass, maybe not even another hour pass. Today is the day of salvation. Don't harden your heart. This is a time to humble ourselves If you think the pressures have gotten difficult in our world to date, you ain't seen nothing yet. These are just the threshold expressions of Satan's noose that's tightening around humanity. Preparing the way, just as the Bible foretold, for history's final hour. Satan's hour before the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's time to prepare. For those of us who have professed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior at some point in our lives, if you have not been walking with him in spirit and in truth, in humility, meaning you're willing to humble yourself and confess your sin, and where you have chosen to go contrary to his word, his will, and his ways, then do it today. Confess. The Bible says if you will confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, but don't intend to go right back into it, thinking you're going to confess it again tomorrow. It's time to repent. That means to turn from our own selfish and wicked ways and to embrace the ways of the Lord. This is our moment of truth. We're all in the valley of decision together. We all are. Amir Safardi wrote a piece called The Rise of the One World Religion, Emerging and Spreading Fast. A new world religion is emerging, and it is spreading fast. Unlike religious takeovers of the past, there is no fight taking place. The followers of many other belief systems have been quick to embrace it and incorporate it into their doctrines. It's a non-judgmental, feel-good religion of ecumenism and inclusion, an acceptance of all people in all lifestyles, no matter what God has said about it. There's only one group of people who are rejected from this new global religion, 
and that's the followers of Jesus Christ. It's the rise of the one world religion. By the way, for those of you who uh, have not heard of it, I will advise you that come the middle of August, my new book, Messiah, Unveiling the Mystery of the Ages, will come out. I've been really looking forward to this. We're able to get it out much quicker than most other books are being able to get out these days. Uh, the publishers, uh, public, uh, printers are telling people they can't get their books for six to nine months, and we're going to be getting ours in two months. It's almost a miracle. I'm thanking the Lord for it. But it will come out in mid-August. I hope you'll be looking for it. Messiah, unveiling the mystery of the ages. You could say it was a sequel to Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. First comes the Antichrist, the counterfeit, and then comes the real. In that book, Messiah, you are going to find, you're going to be taken on a fascinating journey through all the religions of the world and pseudo-religious belief systems, and you're going to find the common thread that links them all together to merge into the one world religion. You'll be fascinated to find out what that common thread is. And you'll also be fascinated to find out why the Christian faith is the only one, the only one that stands differently. Who will be the Savior? Who will be the Savior of this new world religion? Oh, you're going to be shocked. Even the Jewish people are going to be shocked. And you might be shocked too. That's why we have to have discerning spirits right now. We really have to have discerning spirits. And that brings us to the final item that we're going to talk about here today on Viewpoint in the context of the satanic noose that's tightening. Apostasy. Apostasy not just around the world, but particularly in America. According to this author, this came out May 29th, America is guilty because it takes a very little look into matters to see that we have strayed about as far from biblical precepts for conduct of life as possible. It's true. The term apostasy or apostasy found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 might be both a spatial or physical departure and a spiritual or defection from faith. The term falling away here is the word apostasy in Greek. We can't look to American society and culture in general to determine whether it is true that there has been a profound departure from the faith, a spiritual apostasy. People who don't know, who do not know Jesus as Savior, are in the great majority, by the way, and they haven't fallen away from anything. They never were there. And you can't fall away from a position you have never occupied. That, my friend, is the real danger. 
America is likely the most notable nation in these last days falling away or apostatizing. No other nation on the planet has been more steeped in the Christian faith than the United States. Therefore, the Amerocentric view in consideration of whether we can see spiritual defection or apostasy in this time so near to the end of the age of grace or the church age is relevant and even essential. In fact, it may be the most essential thing of all. Now, we can individually continue to receive God's blessings by remaining faithful to his word, his will, and his ways. To continue to look to Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith and to obey his voice. You can't say Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith when you don't agree with what he says. That's apostasy, my friend. That's rebellion. Rebellion is the heart of apostasy. We have to do our utmost to avoid the mistakes of the people God condemns in his word. The prophet Jeremiah said this, were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. This is serious stuff. This is the main reason we're on the air. We're on the air primarily to prepare the way of the Lord for history's final hour. And we do it in many, many different ways, as you know. Every day is unique. Every single day is fresh broadcasting. We don't do soundbite broadcasting here so that you can get by with hearing a few nice little nuggets and not really deal with the issue at its heart. No, we're, we're about the real issues. We spend the time to do that. I've been urged by some of the most notable broadcasters out there not to do it this way. In fact, one told me, just do a 15-minute program. Just do a 15-minute program so that you can promote your books. Because after all, it's just about promoting your books. You'd be shocked to know who that was. In other words, it wasn't about talking about things that really matter. It was using those things in order to accomplish a secondary agenda that was all about money. We don't do that here on Viewpoint. Never have and never will. Never have and never will. It's about truth, friends. God desires truth in the inward parts of our life. The psalmist David said, judge me according to my integrity. We want God to judge us according to our integrity. We want to speak the truth without any adjustment to it without any kind of uh, conversation that would mealy-mouth or soften the impact. No, that's our problem. Pastors and people, uh, authors and so on, have been softening the impact of the gospel for two or three generations now. And you see the result of it. No, it's time to up the ante. 
It's time to declare the pure and unidentified truth of the Word of God with clarity, not meanness of heart, but with clarity, because God is a God of truth. He does not smile upon this milky toast kind of stuff that comes out in the name of ministry. He hasn't promised to bless that. He's promised to watch over his own word to perform it, not just the parts that somebody wants to tell you about to make you feel better. Here, it's not that we don't want people to feel good, but it's not about feelings. It's about faith. The faith must be the, must be the engine of our life. The feelings will then become the caboose. The feelings will follow. But if we make feelings the engine of our life, faith falls on very hard times. And that's where we are. It's led to apostasy, massive apostasy. Even in the most trusted evangelical churches of our time, we don't have time to go into all the details of that, the nefarious details of wickedness that are being promoted or allowed, facilitated in the largest Protestant denominations of our country. It's not just the Roman Catholic Church, friends. So God has a message for you. From his viewpoint, you are not a digit. You are made in his image. And that's why he loves you enough to tell you the truth and to urge you to prepare the way of the Lord in your life for these difficult times to come because the noose is tight. Make sense? Now get a copy of the book, Antichrist, How to Identify the Coming Imposter. $22 on our website, saveus.org. It's there not for information, but for transformation, as you will find out when you read. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us. You're writing a check at $5 for postage and handing. Become a partner, friends. Do it today. We so appreciate those of you who are, but there's so many others that just haven't quite seen the importance of joining with us in this massive final You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.